Yo, what's good, everybody, and welcome back to the Headspace Podcast. This is the show where we break down the new hip-hop projects track by track, giving thoughts and opinions on every single sound. The kinds of albums we talk about are albums like Liddy Bros, Volume 2, Cognac, and Codeine. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and yes, this is the Liddy Bros, Volume 2, Cognac, and Codeine album review. Alright, before we get into it, I do really like to contextualize my familiarity with the artist so that you have some expectation of what to expect with all of my personal biases. And um, in this case, I have been told that I influenced the album in some way. No, no caps. I believe that's what the kids are saying. No cap. Um, I don't really understand the expression, but it is what it is. But for real, uh, so I really, I do know uh, Liddy Bro Flacco, uh, the, the brainchild, uh, the guy behind the Liddy Bros who manages it and collects it. So the Liddy Bros is, is effectively, you could look at it like a collective, like kind of project managed by Mr. Liddy Bro Flacco. And they uh, kind of have the vibes of the different projects. So um, in my case, we, re we did a whole review for volume one. And I was delighted by the album. And that album had a splash of Montreal in it. So I was mad excited to like talk about it. And from there, I interviewed Liddy Bro Flacco. And from there, I started doing a whole interview series with like Liddy Bro Flacco. And we talk all the time. And so like, it's really cool for me to be able to check out this project and, and, and be able to go through it. But with that, I am definitely biased in the favor of knowing and liking Liddy Bro Flacco. So... All of that gives me, I guess, a little extra something when I listen to the project. And I think it's fair to say that. Does that mean I'm not, am I going to be like subjective and gazing them up? Fuck no. That's not how I do. But again, sometimes the, the like fandom and friendship could be something that maybe is worth disclosing or whatever, just because that's the kind of person I am. But um, honestly, I had really like nothing to do with this project. It's almost like he was doing his like camp thing and I'm over here and he's like, I'm going to send that to Holden. He going to review it. And that's just kind of what it is. And uh, if you stick around, we're going to have a little surprise, a little something that pops up later on in the video that we'll get to that is a collaboration between myself and Liddy Bro Flacco. So that's it. But with that, he absolutely has no idea what I think on the project, all things considered, except that in my general sense coming into it is a fuss with it we, we can get into why at the very specific level um but first let's talk a bit about just like the whole vibe of it so it's volume two which means to me that it follows a volume one now that is important to me because if you're gonna call your thing volume two there better be some kind of continuity or something to it now maybe it's just the representation of different vibes but i really feel like there was a continuity of the energy between the two projects so with project one it's uh champagne and cocaine so like they go out and it's like liddy and everything's kind of got this vibe but yo when you head to the end of the night on that album there's a tenser energy right like it's got like a tense vibe to it and that got me thinking a lot about cognac and codeine and i feel like in life like you know champagne and, and cocaine feels like the start of something adventurous but if you go too hard with that shit you end up in the cognac and codeine world I don't know if that's what it was on purpose, but when I was like really just thinking about it at a title level, it's almost like this, this secondary vibe that we're going to explore on this project is like a natural succession to what happens. Like, I don't know. I never done uh, cocaine one time in my life, but I did accidentally do lean one time as in I took the wrong amount of cough syrup. I, like I thought it was, tea it said teaspoons and I took tablespoons and bruh. 
everything got wavy and it made a lot more sense and shit so perhaps um i don't know just that like idea kind of just flowed through but like i just think there's something to the idea of a of a progression of vibes as in like you don't necessarily stick with one thing like life is more complex and i feel like you can go check out my thoughts on the volume one for the full detailed thing but if you look at where i was at with the storyline to that coming into what i perceive is kind of like the vibe of the story of this project i think there's a really cool flow between them and so it really made me excited that this volume two thing and there's a volume three being done too and and i have a general sense of the vibe of that project so like it's kind of cool because i think we're going to see that continuity of like core plot line come through so that like all the volumes at the end like the liddy bros experience would be something almost like a very humanistic emotional transition of phases of a life kind of thing and i think that's that's like a super cool thing to accomplish um i know the first project had a bunch of uh videos for like every song i don't remember if we're doing that for volume two by we i mean them i just meant we in the general sense of things um i've been, I've been told i'm a liddy bro holding at this point because like i said this liddy bros thing is a big collective on that note that's not what the project is we've kind of rolled through the whole thing but i feel like i'm part of the liddy bros movementy momentum thing regardless of whether you know what i mean that's kind of what i was trying to convey yeah this is the verbal diarrhea life that's what that's where we're at with it all instead of all the dribble drabble um this isn't actually the first song that you see over here uh we're gonna go over to it though uh we're gonna get into the album proper but before we do completely forgot we gotta talk about the cover just for the sake of it all um it's the first cover but like chopped up in a sense Cognac and Codeine is a kind of chopped up, kind of slowed down vibe going on inside of the world. I changed my mind. We're doing it now. And then that like slowed down vibe, uh, you know, where was I going with that? Yeah, so back to the album cover. So with that slowed up, kind of chopped up vibe, you can kind of see it in the cover. You can see how it's literally chopped, like the world's wavy, like when you're kind of on that like wavy perspective of life. But what's really cool about this project, it has to almost be uh, expressed, is that there's the 1.5 version that's available, which is basically all of the one volume one songs or a bunch of them. I don't remember if it's the whole thing. And like they're basically uh, chop, not slop remixes kind of throwing up the videos were redone and it was a really cool way to promote this project so if you check out the liddy bros youtube links in description you will be able to peep that and kind of get like a preamble of like almost a vibe transition so it's almost like imagine if that first night out was reinvented and then almost like bringing you into the slew of this project giving you almost a different world a different way of ingesting the same content like it's it's pretty cool remixy stuff they sound really blessed to me it got me super excited about the whole like idea of the chop not slot remix world um and i got it's just a really cool way to promo the project coming into us so make sure y'all go and check that out um but it really like adds this extra layer of context as we now get into talking about the album so i'm gonna go listen to the songs as a refresher off cam i have in fact gone through the process of listening to it i encourage you to go bump them tunes if you haven't done it otherwise it's gonna be a lesser experience for you as i go talk about these tracks with that the album starts with parental pos intro hi everyone 
yeah, I know for you it was like a, just a, a quick cut, but for me, I went ahead and listened to the songs a refresher. Um, right away, you get this kind of dark ambiance sound to the beat and a, and a bit of a waviness on that mixing on the voice. And I really like it because it really serves as an introduction rather than trying to flex as a song. Um, what I mean is that literally it has a bit of the intro thing. Like it starts off Liddy Bros. Like just a mission statement you're on a liddy bros project you know what the fuck it is volume two introduction but it's not like singing or anything it's more like statements it's more like proclamations cognac and codeine name of it high society records the label um the, the hsr that isn't my initials it is what it is nah it's fucking cool to me that like i'm fucking with a dude who also has hsr being a bunch of significance viva la mesa that's like the squad and so it's like the very first thing you're getting on this project is almost like a credits at the beginning of different like significant things the group the title the the label the people involved slash like behind it and that's really a cool way to start it and then immediately after all the fun stuff's done it's like a flacco rant that's the best way to describe this um it's, it's like a rant but like it also sets this tone for like the project right because um it starts off talking about children um, y'all can like listen to it. I don't really think there's a whole lot to like go into on the poetics of the bars, but it starts off with like you're a fucking douche and you shouldn't have been born, right? And then this idea of should parents be even allowed to have kids? Because at the end of the day, um, a lot of times parents procreate and uh, their their spawns are are not like parented correctly. And parenting is like this obligation and this responsibility that if it's not done correctly, leaves you in a situation where you end up with this world of like douches and self-absorbed people that really don't understand concepts like community or a way to integrate into things. So you end up in a situation where there's a yellow light and like your fucking feelings get in the way and, and aren't following, let's say, the normative behavior of what you're supposed to do. And when you go against the normative like trends of what just makes sense in a public space, it's kind of douchey. Like, yo, just because you don't feel comfortable with the yellow light, does that make it even safer? Like, there's probably data out there that supports the fact that, like, people being hesitant on yellow lights creates more fucking accidents and shits. So when you're hesitant to, like, and I'm pretty sure I've read that. That's why I'm going with this. Um, I could be wrong. Don't, like, quote me too hard on the science of yellow lighting. But, like, let's say that is the case, and then you next approach the yellow light, and your insecurities and feelings kind of put you into a situation where you become more, like, focused on your own comfort than the actual flow of what makes the most sense. It's kind of douchey in an abstract way, and a lack of parenting to teach you, like, the appropriate skill sets kind of leads you to that douchiness, uh, wherein this whole process is like the licensing or i don't know if that's this or the outro but whatever it's just like people just have kids without um that was the outro i think but um people just have kids without like consideration for what it means and i appreciate that too or people just accidentally just have kids and if you think about it a good way to accidentally have kids is a fun night out with champagne and cocaine i mean yes a lot of people can do that responsibly but a lot of people also go out on that vibe on that volume one and end up accidentally procreating on some irresponsible shit because they're not thinking about rubbers and safely avoiding the child situation 
And maybe that's an education thing. Like, condom education stats in the States is kind of whack. Like, for a progressive country, it's kind of weird that, like, there's no publicly available data on condom education statistics and if they're effective or not. But, yo, the CDC gets its uh, fucking opinions from uh, religious lobby groups and effectively does what they do. Anyway, that's not the point. But I think it's kind of related because it is like a subject that seems to be actively stifled by the U.S. government, which is weird to me as a Canadian. I'm going to throw it out there. And like you end up in this situation where honestly, you just you just look at it and it's like a bunch of people who really shouldn't necessarily be having kids or aren't prepared for it do have kids. Um, I know that was just my ranting on the content, but like, you guess you just kind of get stuck left to think about this, this subject when you first encounter it. Um, as far as the actual composition, I mean, he's very on beat with his ranting. Everything kind of flows out nicely. It all like lines up. I love the effect on it, the hollow phone call kind of feel of his verse. And then it says sayonara, which is cool because I'm pretty sure that comes back as in like an interlude kind of hook. So it's almost like get away with the bad energies or the things that are just bullshit. Um, I might be projecting at that point, but at this point as well, I feel and there's a little phone call. It's like this woman trying to like get a hold of somebody, right? Um, and I feel like now we're, we're like leaving the intro, which is people are douches because people can't have kids and people get caught up in relationships and do things kind of prematurely. And then you get this woman who's like calling and laughing and trying to have it and, uh, and trying to reach a person. And then they find out like the number is not actually in service no more. And it's like a busy signal and whatnot, which is kind of a significant thing given where the rest of this project goes. And I like that transition as it leaves from almost intro skit and kind Kind of flows into the actual song all right uh let's move into a different world the next track oh wait i didn't even give a great my bad everyone yeah i'm keeping this in as a natural feel um so the next song is going to be a different world uh for this i don't know i'll give it like a four point like three five it's really well composed um the replayability on a song like this outside of the confines of an album to me is like not high but it also like works within the art project of it right so like this comes on on shuffle it don't make no sense for me but like if i'm going to go listen to the volume two experience without this it would feel incomplete so it gets like a good grade but like it isn't like like a super amazing replayable i would bump it on repeat grade but it is one of those like yo this project needs this introduction in order for it to feel as complete as it does when you get to the end and for that i admire it super highly and now let's talk about a different world yo um i know i know hold in we're already at a different world but i forgot something i wanted to say on the intro at one point it goes no you should be figuring yourself out as a fucking human being first and foremost and at that point there is like this ding that sounds like you getting a coin in mario and getting some victory points and i really enjoyed that because it was like this psychological um honestly what an app would do to make you addicted to a positive feeling uh, dopamine hit type shit at this really like pivotal idea and i thought that was super clever and i thought it was like something i haven't seen a lot of people do to tap into those kinds of positive dingling sounds to reinforce an idea in like the way an ad lib was done so because of that i thought it was super cool meanwhile let's get into a different world um so with that so with that this one 
instantly starts off with more of a song feeling and we got this hook uh from liddy bro figueroa and uh i really enjoy it he's got this great swag with it like baby you lie enough for both of us so it's only right for me to keep it honest and it's got like this calmer rap delivery but like you can hear this jadedness in it um in the delivery that that really brings sadness to it and i feel like maybe it's just because it's been on my mind and on our interview series we talked about like a sexy sadness i feel like that is being communicated here like it's like a heartbrokenness and maybe in some ways in less romantic ways than others my heart's got some brokenness going on right now so i really empathize with it but it's almost beautiful because it's feeling like this honest perspective this objective breakdown and that's what i really like about this song is this objectivity to it it doesn't feel like this petty pissing parade it's more like now nah, let me tell you how i see the situation and both uh, Flacco and Figueroa pulled that off excessively fucking well with that tone. The beat, which is by Sayonara, which adds some context to the Sayonara, who also did the beat in the last one. Oh, shit. I figured it out. That's cleverer. Um, but, like, it's got this waviness to it. This, this like, slowed fucking kind of, like... Like, there is a weird turn-up energy to it. Because, like, I was, like, walking down the street, like, strutting and whatever. But it reminded me of, like, when... I felt like this need to protect myself. So you puff up your chest and you put on your armor and you get ready to the world and you commiserate with the fact that these people feel the same kinds of things that you feel. Like, yo, I understand this conflict of being from different worlds and, and not like relating to people, which is just big. Like, baby, want to speak French when I speak Sibonics? Like, that line's pretty cool to me, right? Like, that, that's such a way to like show the differences from where you're from is that we speak this version of the language and you're so bougie with your shit that you're trying to speak French, which is funny to me because in my part of town, French ain't bougie like that. And, you know, tout le monde ici parle français, sinon c'est pas facile pour gagner d'argent. I was just like, speak French, you don't make no money up where I'm from. But like, that's kind of like not really the point they're trying to make. It's more like in situations where if I speak with kind of the accent and slang that I'm speaking with right here, um, I can be penalized as an example by certain people from a perception thing, like my desires are different or whatever. Like we, we just exist in different spheres. And, and it's so interesting to me how to focus on language there because really language is such a big cue as to where you're from and the different parts about you. So it's really cool. And then they got to be bonics, which as I understand, like the slangy versions of life and whatnot, you know, more on that street version and French with that bouginess, which is such a cool way to like set up that context. And then a bunch of broken promises, main reason I, I don't ever like to promise shit. And I like that too, because it shows like, yo, I don't want to like disappoint you. So I'm not going to say shit that isn't real to me even though you you're willing to line up for both of us you're not willing to bring that same level of honesty so because of that it's like i have to be honest yo it's a big chorus it is what it is then you got flacco's verse where i feel like less inclined to like go into it at a lyrical level not uh, bar by bar because it kind of really just emphasizes that chorus point but with more specific details um she quiet she humble she meek i'm loud i boast when i speak like we're from different worlds we have different personalities we have different ways of coming through she wants that vibe out there you know chilling at home i want to be out there running my things or whatever and i like how he has vibe and energy one at the beginning but then he turns into like this drake energy 
energy that just rides on the beat. Um, I think it's why she might own follow Meteor at that point. And I just thought it was such a smooth transition. So there's all these differences in this juxtaposition when you got your like tough guy attitude and rapidly raps and shit and you talk about what you want to do. But then it's like at the same time as you tap into the softness and you move into the melanic, it's like this makes her your obsession and you just can't get enough of her and all this other shit. And it's like without her, I don't, I'm not proper, even though. It almost doesn't make sense bringing you back to that hook. And then uh, Figueroa does his version of it. And I like where he takes it because it's almost like Flacco's like the introductory point, like the beginning of the situation. And then uh, Figueroa comes like down the line. Like it's like I'm always a fan to her. I ain't got the time to overly tend to her. Um, and then it kind of flows from that. It's like, yo, when he talks about this next girl that she's worried about, but like, honestly, nobody's ever going to talk to this girl again to the point where your significant other that's tripping isn't even going to remember this lady down. It's like, he can't understand it. Like you freak out all the time. And it's almost like we go from like the soft initial obsession to what happens later on when the illusion pops and everything becomes more frustration. Like it's cute. And then it gets not cute. And so I like how they have uh, Flacco and Figueroa playing different vibes on this album, but really telling a complete picture of what happens. Like, And the thing is, is while in this case, it kind of feels like a more romantic endeavor, like this shit applies to your platonic situations and your business situations and all the different situations that are in your world. And uh, so I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed this one a lot. This is straight up a 4.5 on 5. Um, I like how it ends... Uh, with all these emotions being kind of complicated. He doesn't like expressing himself. And it's almost like with all the lies and the bullshit, there's no point. So it's like you're going to have to just get high in order to just kind of numb everything. And so I find that really cool. The last album was like grandiose, celebrations, everything. And now we're like the consequences of debauchery almost where like time goes on. And it's like now, nah, while that was really fun, now that we're back in the real world, it's so fucking hard that it's like, yo, the pain numbing has gotten to a level where the cracks are breaking through the surface, whereas the pain numbing on the first project was still in full effect and the cracks only start to peek through at the end of it. And now we're looking at the cracked surface below it as we start to talk about the real shit that we were trying to hide on the last project. Maybe I'm math. I'm letting my imagination roll with it, but I like this one a lot. This is very replayable to me. Yo, honestly... I'm glad I got this project uh, a little early because, yo, y'all be watching this. It comes out the day it comes out. Um, and so the reason for that is because the more I listened to it, the more I felt like it seeped in. And this is very much a vibes album. So I feel the specific puns and shit are way less important than the delivery and the overall tone and messaging as the vibes like go through. Like this is you feel to this shit. It's a fucking sexy sadness. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, let's talk about the next track, I'll Let You Down. So right off the jump, it's cool to see how the structure has shifted. What I mean is um, the first song is an intro, so it is what it is. Uh, the second one is like chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. More of like a conventional structure. This one uh, bypasses the chorus entirely to kind of do two longer verses with a bit more of an open-ended, rancy energy that kind of flows through with a bit of the music serving as a break or, or a bridge almost in the middle. And I think that's really, really cool. I also like the Sayonara becoming almost like a call on this project to like 
add some uh, continuity to it. But also, if you think about what Sayonara is, it's like, you know, goodbye or whatever. I'm not like that up to date on my Spanishes, but I know that I say Sayonara when I'm like, fuck out, get, get gone. You're not here no more type shit. So I really, I like that. And I like how that ends up being like the beat makers tagged used thematically or the beat maker's name used thematically within the album in order to add to the overall concept of it, which is pretty fucking creative. Um, so this starts off with Flacco. And I really like where it's almost, again, like a promise you would you would make to a person. And if we think about the, the state of mind that we just left off in, where we're disappointed by this person who keeps lying to us and we're trying to be honest with them, it follows up. I'll never let you down. I will never screw around and pass you all around. Run your love into the ground. Run, run your love to the ground. Like, it's almost like this promise, like this frustrated, like you can just picture the argument. Like, yo, how could you do this to me? Like, I'm never going to do this to you. I will never be like these other people. Why are you projecting your feelings or your emotions from other situations? I'm not that. Why are you treating me like this? And I, I kind of understand that. And basically adding to that karmic value, you know, like what comes around goes around, puts a bad taste in your mouth. You don't want to talk things out. You don't want to talk things out. So then we like move along. It's like, yo, I'm not going to treat you like that. But yo, you're willing to say whatever you're willing to go around. Like, I'm not I'm not slandering your name. I'm not saying whatever about you, but you don't even want to work things out. You're just causing damage. Like, and then you figure it out. Like, remember that time? Remember the time you speak sub sublime, but it's not worth the dime. You saw the sign. She changed her mind. She treated you kind, but you fell behind. So here it's like you're looking um, at this memory of past arguments or past situations where maybe those promises get made in the past and everybody sweet talks and says everything like they're supposed to. But anyways, it flows into it not being real. And then, you know, how like the, the turns, it's a mountain to climb one step at a time. Like you got to work things out and put in all this effort. But then all of a sudden as you're putting in that work, it flips it up. How quick you resign. Are you missing a spine? Swallow your pride or it'll eat you alive. And I feel like it's generalized beyond just like a typical relationship. Like, like, I mean, romantically, everybody that you deal with in your life is going to have a degree of this kind of a situation where you have conflicts. And it's like, sometimes it just feels like you're putting all of your energy in to try to work it. You want to talk to people. They don't want to listen. Everybody promises the world. Things don't end up happening. I don't know. Basically, I like how he's just kind of flipping like, yo, your energy, the way you're living it's like preventing you from getting everything that you want out of life. But that's not how I get down. It's disappointing that you choose to be like that. And that's a really cool way to like flip that verse. It's like, I'm trying to live proper by you. And it disappoints me that you don't reciprocate the same energy that I put in. I love the energy on this song. It's really fucking cool to me. Um, then we have Figueroa's verse. So why let it die? Life is just passing you by. Forgiving's divine, a blessing to skies. Stay awake, it could really take you by surprise, so don't be blind. And then it's almost like, again, following up on that idea of why are you kind of choosing to let these things that we built together, these moments that we accomplished and put, you know, like we put work in, we have history. Why are you going to let a moment like die on some petty shit when we could be forgiving each other and looking about how to move past it so it's really cool how in the frustrations of with the other person there's some solutioning happening here like it's not so much just that that like 
you hurt me. It's that you hurt me on some petty shit when there's a viable path forward and everybody wins if we take that route. Um, think a little bit bigger. Just kind of reach for the skies with stars in your eyes. Then, you know, consider that you're capable of it. You know, and maybe it's just this lack of perception in yourself that makes you that makes you not believe in yourself enough to create that little bit of doubt so that you get to that point where it's like maybe you just might start taking flight. It's better than sitting around no middle ground, people letting you down, people letting you down, letting you drown, etc. It's almost like if you if you allow yourself to see a better part of the world, you shall surround yourself with the better kinds of people that you need in order to not be in this perpetual state of misery and disappointment all the time. I don't know that Jesse takes it anywhere else with that. That's totally fair. But I like the songs it is. I'd say it's a straight up 4.5 on that vibing shit. Like, this is kind of one of those albums where, like, individually the signs are kind of like consistently good and they really carry it forward um i definitely have preferences i def i think i think i like a a different world a little bit more than i like this one but this one is such different qualities right like this is more of like a vibe of like airing out energies like it moves the story along so i really appreciate that anyway next up is why you lie to me so this one starts off with a proper hook um, when I say a proper hook, I mean repetitious, catchy, just kind of what it is. And now it's almost like this progression. So you've expressed all of your your frustrations and your anger in the last song. And then you get to the shit, I love you so much that it's making me sick to my stomach. Because what happens next, you can't let go. It's not like you, you put this out. Let's say you severed ties. Let's say you're like, fuck, you disappointed me. And all that other stuff. You still are like feeling things and i think that's what this song kind of really gets into it's that pain that that gets left after the fact after you've made the quote-unquote responsible decisions to cut the ties off you know shit i love you so much but i'm sorry i no longer want it used to want to be in love figured out i'm a loner thinking you could keep her and how you want to keep her you could never own her and it's like again we're i feel like we're using the example of romantic relationships but with the ability to easily transcend that to all relationships and types in your life so i mean you kind of love something and it could be drugs it could be a job and just whatever it is and all of a sudden you realize this thing that you love isn't good for you anymore so you want to get rid of it you want to detach yourself from it distance yourself from it and then it's just painful and complicated to recognize that you don't have the the power and ownership over this thing that you once thought you did and i thought that was really cool and then you get this really gorgeous he's calling it a bridge bridge thing i don't know verse to me it was kind of like a verse that was just kind of nice to listen to uh then you move inside my head probably because you are a ball and chain it's not like me to care to try to please you what i really like about this is as he's saying this it's got like this crazy mixing effect like jesse shit's like super fucking tight jesse figueroa by the way uh super fucking tight and then you have flacco almost taking this opposite route not to say it's not tight but like this fucking bare minimalistic minimal effects like not necessarily trying to sound um conventionally good like he's he's really just trying not to please you he's just trying not to care and you i realized you feel that in this delivery and these mixing choices this like desire to just like be expressive and just 
put like that energy forth as it is and i think it's really cool because at first it's like this crazy juxtaposition to what jesse's saying but then it's also like yo he's saying this shit like in the more conventional thing and then it's like you're going a little bit deeper into it and it maybe sounds a little different a little more abrasive a little more energetic down to this why you lie to me thing that you're just repeating why you lie to me why are you really lying you know it repeats it over and over why are you always lying and then you're thinking about it like that's what it is it's like you love this thing or this person and it's just constantly lying and deceiving you it's never being what it's meant to be so no matter how much you want to attach to it you just kind of get left with why why are you not honest enough why are you not representing the truth the way it's supposed to be done? And I think that's often what ends up leaving us with our ruminations. And that's what it is. It's ruminations. It's like when you're lying awake at night and you just have the same bullshit running through your head till four in the morning. That's what it, it really conveys to me. And then it, it kind of is open. The hook comes back through. And then you get like a more conventional verse. Make me want a couple, make me want to pop a couple of Zanzafons and other fucking coma to stress and just make a never want to pick his fucking phone up. And that's that's an interesting kind of transition with it. Um, because of all of the pain and all of everything, your defense mechanisms is basically to block out the world on some drugs and avoid everybody. And then when you encounter lovey and future things, it's like. You don't necessarily want to feel right. So it's like all this lovey-dovey shit talking like I need to be a fucking grown-up. Half a bottle in it. Now she telling me to fuck her like I don't know her. She ain't satisfied I was telling me like I owe her. Holding out his hate inside her is something I don't want to show her. And that's an interesting point. Like you're not able to represent what you really feel. And the weird fucking conflict. Like you start off like you have to be mature like this. And then by the end of it like everybody gets drunk. And the attitude switch. And the real feelings start to come out. But it kind of creates hate within you. That you can't even tell her. And it's fucking complicated. And it makes you kind of shut down. And repress and regress away from the rest of the world. And yo it fucking hits honest. And I think that's what makes this, this album... In particular, pretty special is because of how honest it hits. Um, I'm going to say on this one, it's a fucking good song, too. Uh, I'm going to give it a 4.35. I like other ones more. I like this one, too. I like other ones more. It is what it is. The beat's pretty great. I like how Sayonara's tag thing gets used again in this to be like kind of proper with it. On that note, uh, let's move on to the next skit thing. Uh, Arrivederci. POS skit definitely this is a funner or interesting or skit um, i say funner because it's like different in regards to is an actual phone call or, or sorry this is actually like him recording his neighbors or something and like it gets used in this album i think to exemplify a few things so one broken relationships especially when you're watching shit right because if we think back to that original skit there's the people around you in the world that you're in that act like douchebags and that impacts your life so if you think about this shit um like this dude's not letting this girl in to just get her shit now i don't know who's right or fucking who's wrong but what we do know is you me and especially flacco have heard all about it because it was so loud and abrasive without any regard to the other people the neighbors anybody else in in the building all of that kind of stuff so i think it's almost like the most case in point of what a fucked up relationship looks like is this woman just wanting to get her shit and pounding on the door to the point where after 
you hear Flacco go, Jesus fucking Christ, you're such a fucking asshole. It's like listening to this shit, listening to this guy. And he's kind of being a dick in my perception. It's why? Because all he has to do is open the door and then she stops banging on it. And you hear her like pounding, let me inside, please. Let me inside. Like, I don't know. Like, evidently she doesn't have a key. And he's like, you have a key? Come back later. Stop acting stupid. Like, I don't know. I don't have any more context, but... I've I've got like neighbors who act like this sometimes. Like I swear, we used to listen to this dude beat this chick like flat out. Like that was going down, and like you don't know where it is, right? Like you just don't know where it is because it's one of the periphery neighbors, and like literally on one of these reviews, you can like hear it, and it never got edited it out. We all just like stop it. Everybody's like shit. Somebody once commented on it. I'm like damn man, like this. So you hear shit like this, and it's like people being fucking douches, and then you go back to that parenting situation on why who let all these people have kids and not taught them how to fucking behave like people. It's like cool, you have your situations, but is this how you resolve it anyway? And I like how you get like kind of like Flacco talking in response, like high society records, I guess. Like this is some fucking whack shit, you know, like whatever we have this situation. And then he just like comes in again with this abrasive broken tone in his voice, like sayonara, bitch, Arriva dirty ho. Like he's not even trying to say it right. That's what my favorite part. He just said it the way he says it. He don't f doesn't care what you think. And it's like, I don't fuck with you no more. And then he kind of flows on with that. And it just rolls with a bunch of sentiment of I don't fuck with you bitch and then uh all i ever did was try to be nice and look out invite you to come with me we already have at this point a good enough context that the person lied and didn't make them feel right so fuck you you're gone hasta luego enjoy the rest of your life etc and i think it works good as a little interlude thing to kind of exemplify and really just drill down everything that is the past that has led us to this fucking point that we have been at on this project and Honestly, with my experience with downers, which alcohol uh, is a downer and codeine is a downer, um, it's kind of like you just kind of revel in the darkest parts of your psyche and, and kind of would go down this rabbit hole, so to speak. So to me, this is pretty well made, pretty well done. I really enjoyed this. I have a 4.35. It's uh, skit things. Uh, individually, they are what they are, but they really completes the album experience and so it makes it more interesting to dissect this global piece of art that this exists and i really enjoy it um but it's fucking like i can't think of a lot of times i really want to listen to some couple fighting on a skit i'm not the biggest skit person but as far as skits go this serves the whole purpose it's supposed to do when you have a skit adding value to your album story respect on that note let's talk about my favorite song on this project rearview yeah, I know it says Liddy Bro Figaro right here, but I could have sworn it was like both of them fucking singing that. Whatever is what it is. This is how you write a fucking chorus. I wouldn't. I don't know if it would call it a hook. I would call that like a all out fucking chorus for real, reals. Um, that's nice, man. Everything about that, like, yo, this is very much in that lane of what I like in Lil Peep music. That like, kind of emotional, expressive, melodic dark sexiness like this song is beautiful to me and even like at a content matter it feels like such a pivotal moment in the project right like like almost like the first five songs are this exploration into what's in the rear view 
And then you get to this fucking point where it's like you recognize that this is the past and you're just kind of looking at it, right? Like, ah, to me, it, it is like, this is the crucial moment of the album where everything just changes and it's like it's not as as dark anymore because it's all in the past. Anyway, I love the chorus like these girls I live my review. They're talking to me. I don't care. I don't want to sing. I kind of want to sing it, but like I probably shouldn't. But um, I can't hear you anymore. Objects closer than they appear to you. Don't want you near me. I can't be near you anymore. So it's almost like you're looking at these ghosts, these moments in your past, these addictions, these different things, and they're just there. And when you think back at them, that objects bigger than they appear to, you we often add this like hyper significance to our memories and make them bigger than they are. Do you know how many times like I've thought some shit was like this huge deal and stressed about it and some some something or another and then ran into a person like eight years later and they don't even like remember it or like it doesn't matter because it's like the fucking past and we're all supposed to like evolve and shit and then like we do all have our energies and sometimes there's incompatibilities so recognizing i can't be near you etc is cool but then it's like understanding that we're also looking back through this lens of a rearview mirror where it's like everything's distorted but you can kind of live to the point where even with that distortion i don't want to be there and it's just fucking broken and nice and i love it and then i like how flacco takes it with the past in the past it's on the rear view chasing ghosts that are nowhere motherfucking near you you know and then it i feel like it just rolls through like i don't know how much i can comment on it i like the six cents fucking bars i was like yeah i get that because he sees dead people dead people being the people in your past the people you've clipped off that are now dead to you um and i really like that correlation uh i like how it's not clear when you're looking at the past like you know you're cloudy in your eyes baby you don't got a clear view and i feel like that's both ourselves looking at the past but also other people in this perspective especially the people that are not self-aware or honest um you're the one that did me dirty and getting sequels. I built a bridge, got over it, turned around and burned that down, bitch. I like that because we're bridging gaps now. Um, but like, it's fair. Sometimes you have to build bridges to better futures, but then you also don't want that shit coming with you. And I like that like twist on a standard saying like, fuck that. I'm happy to burn certain bridges down. Um, once you cross me, I'm an astounding dick. I'm living for my family. Don't got time for friends. Uh, and listen, I've been left alone before I can fend. You're born alone. You die alone. Some fences you can't mend. And it's like, listen, everything cool in life is good until you give me a reason for it not to be. And even in my experience of Flacco, it's like benefited adult shit. Um, but then when you cross that line and all of a sudden it's not good, it is what it is. And loyalties are real and people do live for their squad and their family. And it's like, yo, sometimes it's just what it is. Sometimes you run into moments with people where it's like, nah, we're not good. We're not okay. It, it, you, you fucked up. We're not friends no more. I've, I remember this one time I ran into a guy and it had been like, like he came over and on a coked out fucking experience decided to do some power trip thing in my fucking place pissed me a fuck off pulled a hissy fit ghosted me and then tried to like make it all better but fucked around with me you know and i just decided like you know what this shit's not worth it and when he approached us in the street he saw us one day he's like yo can we be friends again i'm like nah nah you you did it it's too late I don't even want to mend this shit. It's over. Or, like, sometimes people will do things, like, even, like, music artists. Like, take, like, an artist that you used to love, and then for some reason you don't love it, and people will say shit like, yo, but if you go and listen to it seven more times, I promise you'll see the brilliance. And it's like, nah. Nah, I don't really think it's worth it. 
Like there's just so many other people out there that are worth my time. I don't know why I have to put energy into things just because other people think it's important. It's like, that's when you get to this, like, all I really know is one day it'll end and I'm not here to play pretend. Don't care if my words offend the man in the mirror is who I can, well, with who I content. I see people racing to see who's first to reach a dead end. That's a dumb race. And I like that part too, because it's like, I relate a lot to it. Um, I feel like death might come like prematurely, maybe in my life. I didn't live all the smartest when I'm younger. Like my, my eating habits weren't always fucking great and shit. So I look at it like I was just thinking about it. What if I only have 20 years left, right? Maybe I should take like all of my time now when I have energy and like do the best I can with it. I'm like, I don't have time to fuck around and shit. I don't care if you don't like me. I mean, I care because I'm not really, I'm not that New York with my shit. So I care a lot, but. But, like, at the end of the day, I don't care enough to not say what I need to say and, and to push it because I have to live with myself. I care more about what I think of myself than what you think about me. I can say that definitively. And then, yo, the line that resonated with me the most, possibly on the whole album, is that I see people racing to see who's first to reach a dead end. Like, congrats, y'all. Like, anyway, I don't want to go too deep on that front, but fuck do I see that every day of my life. And I'm just so frustrated so often with, like, and I know it's stupid and I have to, like, kind of get my rear view game on and like get over some shit but like life's got a lot of transitions as you learn and grow emotionally and whatnot chorus comes back in and fucking slaps and then i really like where uh, figueroa takes it for real um i don't know it's kind of aggressive been on it ever since i told the devil he could suck my dick seeking death or revenge but he, he get to get shot if you want to try to fuck my bitch you know it's kind of aggressive i like the attack on the devil like trying to go through and do his thing proper he's very out there he's kind of there but then it's like no need to erase my past even my past can't deface me shit my dad told me to my face we ain't nothing alike i'm still glad that he made me you ain't gotta relate let's be clear this is not a debate you never you ain't never raised me and that was an interesting line too like i'm a, and, it, and it's cool because i feel like it just plays so much into the next track right so it's like worth stopping on that but like this this focuses on like i'm gonna live my life the way i feel makes the most sense based on where i come from what i've had to do to get here even my parents don't necessarily like me and i'm okay with that because i'm grateful they made me and so if I don't really care that my parents like me, I don't give a fuck what you think. It's not a, it's not a debate. Your opinion on me doesn't matter. I'm going to go ahead and do this thing. I'm telling God he could take me, you know, uh, but it ain't my time. I used to take my time. Now I ain't got no time, so don't waste my time. So it's like, yo, I'm willing to do what I have to do. I used to live with the recklessness maybe with regards to death only now i recognize time is limited and precious so don't waste my fucking time and you know a person is like that i really like it i really like that it's like i'm trying to get past my demons and make the most of my future and then it slaps back in with the chorus yo this shit's a five on five literally the second this is on spotify i'm fucking harding in and it's gonna get a lot of spins off of me well it's gonna get added to that list of songs that i obsessively can listen to over and over again and not have to worry that shit's like that shit's like a special tier song where not everything can can reach beyond like the average five on fives it's like the super fives anyway let me live everyone just let me live yeah so this one is where like i feel like the album takes a bit of like a switch right so 
I feel like the core story kind of like ends and why I say that is because we go from like the main like Liddy Bros kind of lineup here that has been uh, Figueroa and Flacco kind of doing their back and forth thing to a series of solo-ish songs that we're getting featuring, you know, individual Liddy Bros kind of doing their thing. In this case, we have Figueroa. Uh, and it's basically him on the whole track kind of do it uh, and it's, it's it's just such a vibe and i feel like it kind of follows up to the verse that he just dropped on the last track so it's got like a sequence like it's almost explaining at that moment why it doesn't why he doesn't care what you think why he needs to let like why you should let him live because he's gone through his experiences and he's at the point where he is in life and then you get to this let it live you know so it's just like let me do my thing uh, when they see us, all they see is that pain. We, we was young and broke, not trying to make us some change. Mommy fully got caught up in the streets, had to take a loss and charge the shit to the game. And it's just kind of describing. I come from this past world that is really hard. And when they see us, they see us going through these dark things. They see us like this, but they don't really understand the shit is what I'm kind of taking from it. People don't understand the world that they come from. And the more I've come to like even just through a third hand like fucking listening to it perspective it's um it's really powerful to to like hear the words and this consider like people see you and they think things about you when you're at this position in your life but they don't necessarily know all of us back in the day when when people were starving or having a more complicated situations or watching their parents go through environments like this you know my father never taught me to shoot but he taught me how to hold the shit and to aim you know, he taught me, I, I had to teach myself how to bang, how to teach myself how to live. Haters want to see me die because I'm flyer to most that are scared to say how it is. Let me live. And it's like, I'm trying to go out there and be honorable and do my own thing. And you're trying to like judge me. And he says, don't judge me. Let me live. I have my past. I had to learn how to be who I am. And I really like that overall energy of this. It's fucking tight. And then, you know, you get to that next cook, you know, or die with the rest trying to figure out who the fuck Jesse is. And, you know, and then, he, you know, he's got your bitch naked. She's going to show him what sex he is. Stop. Let him live. Stop judging him, etc., etc. It's It's just really catchy. I like the way he plays with the language. I like the way he plays with repetition to kind of drill the point home, changing just a word or two. Like people knowing who Jesse is better. Let me live. Let me live. I don't know. It just feels right. It feels like I don't care what you think. But y'all really should probably stop judging me because you think you know some shit, but you don't know some shit. And then it goes on and doubles it down. I feel with the second verse, when they see us, they see some gritty people from the bottom of the Bronx had to get out, go out and get it out the mud where I'm from. Motherfuckers ain't putting you on. You know, it's like, yo, I'm here. We're doing our thing. And you're all worried about some shit. Um, when they see us, all they see is the hate you created. We picking cotton on a farm, suffocated massa while he was sleep, headed north on the run, motherfucker, I'm gone, let me live. And I like how in that last little bridge, it kind of comes into, you know, this, this whole attitude, this whole environment really stems back to the creation of America and how everything happened when the people kind of escaped plantations and headed north and whatnot. So it drops that really serious political tone. And it's like, yo, in light of all of that, just let me live or die trying to figure out who I am. Overall, it's a very strong song. I really appreciate it. It's a 4.5 on 5. It really fits well in the album. And then next up, we have Kill Again. So this one features Liddy Bro Albi, also known as I'll Be Back. 
who was super gracious enough to do an interview with us. So you should check that out. But Stills, uh, he's such a talented MC, such a talented artist across the board, and I really, really liked it. Um, I'm not going to necessarily be like the most proficient at the deep dive of the breakdowns, but I really enjoyed just the overall vibe of his sound. Like the way he raps is just so interesting. It feels like these just different snapshots of ideas kind of flowing together into this verse that gives you uh, a little bit of a painted picture into who i'll be back is but it also really just fits into that broken theme of people kind of maybe falsely promising things and not dealing with you correctly like way at the beginning kill again kill again gill again on uh wilding on the island you know because gilligan has an island memory recalling i had another option if i bought it then i sported out the door and i hold uh uh hold your boxers um so it's almost like basically i'm living life in this way where it's like i stand by my word and i do what i have to do and i kind of push it recycle that trees for the ozone and try bermuda angles for the promo that's an interesting line i don't know all the significance but i kind of like the fact that he says recycling and trees and shit which is eco-friendly positive but also kind of flows into like ideas of being representing who you are and maybe other people are being kind of fake with it or maybe the whole world's kind of thing like try bermuda you get lost in shit like bermuda's triangle is like a, a kind of fucked up place where things disappear maybe it's the truth you know angles for the promo on the mic but like cob cob though i don't know what that means i run the lights for the photo sixth grade made a choice to go pro raps logo you the ruler of a clip called basura shorty never blink when she caught a phone and it's like i don't know i just feel like obby's kind of running through this like grandiosely in a poetic way describing how the world is kind of fake and you decide to really go with it and just kind of play the game the way it's supposed to be played in it and with that there's some things that happen in which you get this girl that comes through and it just kind of does some mat game on it and i really like that my favorite part is um when he basically goes um she then threw on the Akinelli for a half an hour, which is the dude who wrote, when you put it in your mouth. And then the slurping while she handling all that a la carte. I'm on my bullshit, you matador. I don't know. I really enjoyed it because matadors fuck with bulls. So it's like he's out there saying whatever. Life is great. He's doing his thing. He's tempting fates and whatnot. There's just this like fucking ruthless attitude to his verse that like he is living his best fucking life. And he, it's almost like after you let people live and you can kind of embrace the, the, the world of what Jesse puts forth in the last track, Albie's almost like a manifestation of how good it can become type thing and how fucking, like it's almost like jacked up to the next level with the energy that he's putting forth into this track. Um, then it kind of like cuts in and it's like this woman, I didn't even realized how about that. They just, they're just sort of drifting. I don't know what the fuck that sample's from, but it fucking is really cool because it follows up like I woke up to the movie scene cut, all the smoke is the only thing you could do for me. So, I mean, obviously an actor and shit too, right? So, like, maybe that, like, is more of a realistic thing. Like, the world kind of is, is as it is. And then it's realizing that, you know, everyone just kind of adds smoke and mirrors and shit is all other people do is gas up the situation. And then it's like this woman kind of breaking the reality a bit, kind of talking about how everyone's drifting. And then I like how Flacco appears at the end here, telling you, God, you the dark and the light and the light and the dark and you the light and the dark, etc. And in this context, I believe it's almost like responding to Abby being like, you're the thing that like is maybe what people need to be more like. And it's like, 
I don't know. It just flows so really cool. And then I like the ending where he distorts his voice and he's like, difference between me and these rap folk is I need rap to, for me to get ass killer. The difference is, and then et cetera, I'm different. And I really like that energy too. Like it's super confident. It's super strong. It's super big. Like this one's one of the stronger songs on the album, in my opinion. I'm moving it a 4.75. I really enjoy listening to it. And I really think like if we look at the energy, after rare view it changes because that's like recognizing the past is in the past let me live is like i'm i've gone on my journey i'm gonna be who i am and kill again it's like now nah, let me I'm, I'm, this is what my best life is and if you don't like it whatever i'll have to do what i have to do i am more significant i am special and then we get to dutchie's smoke break this feels like a bit of an interlude but also is definitely a flacco solo song so liddy bro flacco also known as dutch vega because he smokes the dutches and uh this feels like that like weed song that like airy like this is me smoking pot shit you know i'm smoking marijuana and i smoke up on marijuana and like for a weed song i feel like that's what we do with those songs look i'm gonna be real with you weed songs are not my like favorite in the world on some i don't know there's only so much you can do with this topic i find um but with regards to like it being enjoyable and airy and fitting into the album i think it's kind of important right because we have the situation of living your best life and already being presented, I feel. And then in this regard, it's like, yo, I just want to smoke a bunch of weed. That's what I want to do right now. And then you do that. And it's like, pass me the weed. You can call me stone because my family's sly. I like that. I've enjoyed that line. And it's just a couple little bars about, you know, get the projects a little bit of push, get the buyers a little bit of cush. You know, we move the weed around. We do our thing. My eyes are bright red like a pyro outfit. Fair enough. Throw it mad dry on that cotton mouth shit. Like, it's not anything other than just a bunch of lines that work for the song. It's delivered in such a way where, the again, the delivery is eloquent. It's super good. It changes up. Like, multiple energies get brought through. And then, yeah, it just, just kind of ends. <laughs> and, like, it's nice. It's short. It does what it comes in to do. It's a little vibe. It's a little smoky thing. And it honestly just kind of makes you want to light one up and smoke with that. On that note. A little something we wanted to do. I felt like it was a little more appropriate for uh, on the, the Liddy Bro Flacco little solo joint is. We got ourselves a volume one uh, gift pack to be given away over here. So you can see it's still all sealed up and, and whatnot. Um, how this is going to work is you can click in the, the corner and you're going to see a video for like the, the giveaway. And then you can go check out all the description there. It's a little secret. If you got to this far in the video, then you know. If you make a comment about it, I'm going to delete it, everyone. That's the only time I'm going to delete your comments is if you mention where in the video this is. Otherwise, I appreciate y'all. And uh, I like the Dutchie Smoke Break still. I'll give it a 4.25 because it's a good weed song as far as weed songs go. But, like, it's not even... It's just what it is. My preferences are as they are. On that note, let's move on with the project and let's talk about uh, The Cream. Yeah, I really like this one. So shout out Dama, Liddy Bro Dama. Uh, she's wonderful. Uh, she also can't do pretty interviews. So it was cool to like 
talk to her and she's got her like gangsta bitch love song kind of vibe that i think she brings to this too that's like her current like moves with the music and i think it's a great representation of what she's doing so if you fucks with this definitely go check out dama's music it's uh dama vivo i think on youtube it's spelled the dvma you should be able to find that no problem anyway i like how it comes in with that nice hook with the kind of like sauced up flow with it you know why you ain't all on me you ain't gotta follow me keep it straight g yeah they want to swallow my seed better off following my lead i'll be outside where your bitch can see put the drip on screen money all on me is the cream i feel like it's a cool continuation right because if we look at everything that's happened on that project so far we've reached a point now where it's it's interesting that dama comes in like representing like almost the ultimate level of success where you've passed the point of being comfortable with who you are and now people be all up on you trying to maybe copy your swag or like be fake about it or like see what you're doing and copy the moves etc and they're jealous because you got the money and you got the situation and you got all this stuff going on and they don't and so they're just kind of like trying to be you in a sense where it's like i don't know i feel like there's like this just big dick energy coming off this fucking chorus where it's like it's really strong um, and I feel like, again, it continues the, the, the overall sense of it. And then Dama does her little verse where it really kind of does her take on like a lot of the core, like, this is where I come from and this is where I'm at now. So like VVS since Dama was a little miss scheming on the cream, like we needed milk, um, skipped the syllabus, went straight for the Skrilla quick, etc. She was doing her stuff. She was getting her things through. Um, they don't want these problems. Turn you to memorabilia. I really like that too. Cause instead of just saying like memories, it's almost like you're getting chopped up into like fucking pieces and boxed into a thing and being sold off on that next level extra bit at gangsterism then you're not just a memory we're gonna go extra far with you when we deal with it but it's like she just kind of like i grinded from the jump i put in all this work i'm not scared to deal with whatever i gotta deal with uh, i don't batter in i don't battle inner demons i got real life devils like that's like yo you guys can worry about your own problems i have to worry about things that could actually fuck me up like there's just this extra sense of like i don't have time for your shit on this um i like it like she like kind of ends it with two like think you mad at me because i live this life but you're really just hating on yourself where it's like i mean you you can be dislike me for the energy that you're putting in but all that time that you're spending wasting hating and like judging me for how i choose to live my life etc it's time that you're not spending bettering yourself so it really is like you just hate yourself and it's it's a really cool way to approach that um so i definitely enjoy listening to this one as well um i don't have more to say about it on that note uh yeah i'll give it like a 4.75 it's really fucking strong let's move on to the squad this is an interesting song to put like here right so we've almost like gotten a few songs from the squad on the project now just to kind of show the attitude of like it's about other people the story has progressed to the point where it's honest like we've looked at a lot of things that don't matter or things that matter to different people we've looked at a lot of how relationships are kind of complicated but then it's like what what's really important is the squad the people that you build your bonds with your your family and this song is like a dedicated uh, dedication to that this first part from flacco is really like yo me and my brothers put in this work me and the Liddy bros built this up without them there's nothing and everything that we've been through it's all about creating this family that we've built 
And then Figueroa moves into kind of more of the darker tone that fills the song is it's like, yes, we built this family, but part of that is some people are no longer with us. So Majesty and Vice get referenced and he's feeling defeated. So um, I know who Vice Versus is at this point as I've gotten more involved at the end of the week and I've learned a lot about his significance to people. And I see the impact and the pain of like uh, just watching how how sad people are that he's no longer here and you can tell the kind of person he was and then is he just kind of laments on more people as time goes on so it's like i guess uh it's just sad right it's hard to let it go so it's like you have to write some shit to express yourself because sometimes you don't know how else to and i like how he goes was always 50 50 with the family but i gotta shut out the ones who made a man of me and so it's like as much as things can be complicated with people it's always important to like pay the credit and pay pay the homage where it's due and whatnot and it's like a list of people that have unfortunately passed and then it's like need a moment of silence you know as like just recognizing these people that need to be said and like their names just kind of get pressed on forever and whenever you hear the song it's like their names get said again keeping them alive longer you know and then it's like a little bridge thing where where uh people pray for everything and it's just really sad and it's like but like touching sad like emotionals and whatnot and flacco kind of follows up with like it all started with this arch uh who passed away and then it's like going to the funerals and watching people like just life goes on and like there isn't necessarily enemies or people to go after no it's just people pass and you just have to kind of live with the pain of going to funerals and watching people you care about go away and then it just leaves you in this place where you want to stay fucked up because it's complicated and then i like how uh jesse kind of takes it in a direction more of like giving flowers to everybody that was impactful so it, it starts with like zoo nun and vice and pro the founders at the end of the week um and while vice is not with us everyone else there still is and then the rest of it is like this exploration into these people and the impact they had uh, like nuns you know, taught him not to like stoop down low and then kendra was there for him and then all these different little people and how they impacted him not little people but like all the different people and down to like having ox there who like i was watching ox talk just yesterday on a zoom type thing and it's like seeing him give flowers to all these folk that while they're still with us is really important and then flacco kind of does the same thing especially with hot rizzo and broadway and giving him his name and stuff just kind of putting it out and all the different people that impacted him uh sarah Kana and you know jesse and, and etc and it's like just kind of seeing like yo we maybe missed our chance to say it while these other people were here but let me take the time to say it to the people who matter today and now and i think it's a really touching way to like follow up everything like yo as much as life is complicated we also have to take into consideration that people impacted us and regardless to what happens in the future it's really fucking important so yeah, this sounds really cool i'm moving a 4.515 i really enjoy listening to it and from a placement point it's really great especially considering the next song if i die tomorrow so this is again a fascinating track to follow it up so i feel like just sonically it has like a very different feel like by this point in the project we've progressed and the energy's gone from like the sad ambiances and whatever into a more grandiose seriousness like yo like death is real and as much as people act like whatever we can get our relationships or whatever it's like we've transitioned from the idea of metaphorical death and just kind of ideas into literally like death and it's like 
this is what Flacco kind of wants from y'all. It's like, I love everybody, but like, yo, when I'm gone, don't be sad and shit, you know? If I die, then I die. Like, save your tears and don't cry. Don't worry about me. I already said my goodbyes. You know, think about that. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it. I've already got to the point where I've given my flowers. I've talked to the people I need to in case it goes down like that. Don't feel like it's like everyone else. Don't feel like I'm worried about it. I've been ready for it for a long time. Just people want to see me die before they want to see me fly, which is the thing. You know, they see it in their eyes. They smoke a blunt, get high, pour some liquor, say goodbye, smoke a blunt, get high. And it almost feels like this, this like sense of there are people who want me to die and whatnot for so long. And it's almost what like led to this whole album in the first place. It feels like is is just trying to deal with the fact that like you know at the end of the day I could die because people want to see me dying. But this is such a real thing that like let's talk a little bit about what's really important in the world, you know. And then I don't really give one fuck about dying. Why I live every day of my life flying, looking in the eyes of naysayers, defying, living like I knew all the truths about dying. Define in my defiance, get richer, die trying, not compliant, understand that my legend is undying. And I think it's one of my favorite parts of like the whole project from a, a poetry point of view. Um, it's like, I don't care if I die because I've already done such incredible things. I live in such a way where I might already die anyway. I'm already doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. I'm already breaking through the expectations people have for me and changing people's lives and ultimately my reputation my legend everything that's going to be said about me is undying i'm going to live forever because i've created the legacy that needed to be created then it slams back in with the chorus again and it just kind of ends abruptly and i really think it's a super strong song like it really just kind of hits hard says what it needs to say and it like gives a sense of finality to like the core theme of this project it's like, yo, there are going to be people out there that don't like you, but you should still make sure you're tight with the people you're tight with and proceed to be comfortable with where you're at with things because, yeah, it's true. One day it could be you in that moment, but you need to make sure that people are good around you. I don't know. I like it. It's a lot to think about. Like, it's not your typical, like, subject matter. It's really, like, a different way of, I think, approaching this kind of thing. And honestly wish more people talked about death like that so openly and whatnot like it's okay don't be fucking sad for me don't be like wasting your time with vapid fucking tweets and shit like yo go say what's up today go tell flacco he's wonderful or whatnot don't wait till he's gone type thing i don't know let's move on to the last uh track on this project the bragging pos outro this is like a, a fascinating outro point because like it almost feels like those three like skit pieces are just kind of like Flacco's over thoughts like an overarching sub theme so we have the first one that's like don't be a douche and then we look at the emotional response of being a douche then you have the okay if you want to live like that live like that and then a series of people living their best lives type thing um and then leading to the point where if you live right you don't have to worry about dying maybe that's a more eloquent way to put it uh, then you get to bragging, which is a fascinating way to end this project. It's almost like how to not be a douche a little bit. What is a douche? Um, so you got some more samples. I like how he credited Liddy Bro Lady. That just says Liddy Bros. I would like to know who the Liddy Bro Lady is. 
Um, but you know what? I'd rather be the type of person that brags about arrogant shit than to be the type and uh, keeps the things that I do out of like the kindness of my heart and then brag about fucking, you know, arrogant shit or vain shit than to brag about be that person that thinks they're like super zen, but they're constantly bragging about like the nice things they do for people. And I really like that. Um, so I did this paper on altruism uh, and I did the stats thing and was able to definitively prove with data that like basically people aren't selfless and selflessness honestly triggers dopamine receptors. And when you really look into altruistic actions, the fact is most of us do good things because it feels good to do it that feels good to do good things therefore um it's not really all that selfless which is fair but the truth is if you're then doing it just to like brag about doing it then you're not even doing it for like cool reasons or like helpful reasons you're just doing it for like social credit which is kind of whack so it's like yo go brag about some dumb shit and keep your like proper shit quiet and like don't brag about that like charitable stuff now, the only counter I can say to that is sometimes it's worth bragging about your charitable actions so people are aware that, like, it's cool to be good with that shit, which I think is why certain people do it. But, like, if you're being disingenuous about it, it's going to smell real bad type thing. Like, giving homeless people money and all this other bullshit. Like, it's like nobody fucking cares. Like, if you do some shit like that, it's big time sh usually. Um... I don't even know if I agree with it, but I behave in the way that Flacco is describing. So, like, it's something I think a lot about because I Googled cause marketing and I went lost on this big rabbit hole. And I realized that, like, there's a social value at a mass level because of how people are that maybe if people bragged about shit in a cooler or a smart way, it could be done, like, effectively. But then you, like, look at fucking content creators on YouTube and all the shit they do, and it's like, that's not very cool. Anyway, um... It's just kind of, it's kind of, high. and then I really like how it ends on that note. So it's like, what do you think is even important? You know, like, it's kind of like another way of looking at it. What do you think is important here? And that's what, that's what I feel like it, it gets explored on this project. Um, Anyway, that's all I got to say about this outro. It's a, it's like a 4.25. It works real well on, on the album. It really finishes it off and it, and, it, and it really, it works. I don't know what else to say um thank y'all for like watching this for real we've reached like the end of the album and now we can do like the summary part so basically i really think this album is a cohesive expression of like people and relationships and how you live lives around each other which is so fascinating because like the first one felt like this crazy night out and i guess it really did the same thing people and relationships and how we live on like the higher notes of life and here it's like on the lower notes of life a little bit i already kind of just walked through like my summary as i went through the outro on the last one so y'all get a sense of how this album has a big cohesive plot line that really works thematically but also sonically has this energy that like brings you through like each track like the first song and the last song don't really sound the same but if you go down the journey it all makes sense like it's really cool that kind of like effect that you have with this album um ultimately i would highly recommend it i think it's thoughtful i think it's got some great songs on it i think it's like a well put together piece of music and shout out liddy bros for uh coming through with a second volume totally worth bumping in my opinion 
Um, and if you got this far and didn't notice, somewhere in the video, there's a little link hidden to get to the unlisted contest video where you can win your volume one special gift pack thing. So make sure you go ahead and cop that and support the Liddy Bros and do all the things that you're supposed to do. Links in description. Thank you all for watching. I appreciate you being here. Always means the world to me. Definitely do the like, subscribe, and comment thing and all that good stuff. Special thanks to the patrons. This is Milka Dempsey, Chris Pratt, Jonathan Burns, CJ Black, Kirk, and Linda Williams, and Scribble. Dope support what we do. All that good stuff. If you're watching this in the future, uh, uh, you know, patreon.com slash behind that suit. On that note, I appreciate it all. Uh, on that note, live long and prosper, everyone.